Welcome to Thriving on the Prairie, a podcast exploring issues concerning families and communities that inspire North Dakota movers, shakers, and community difference makers to engage in lifelong learning. Hi, I'm Jody Bruins, Leadership and Civic Engagement Specialist with NDSU Extension. Today, I will be visiting with Deanna Sand from Prairie Soul Meets. Deanna took a leap of faith and left her career and steady paycheck to be an entrepreneur in the livestock industry. All right, so thanks for joining us today for our NDSU Extension podcast. So we're kicking off this inaugural podcast in celebration of Women's Entrepreneurship Week. And our guest today is Deanna Sand. And Deanna is from the Ashley area. And um, I'll have her introduce herself. Good morning, Deanna. Thanks for having me. Well, I ranch west of Forbes in between Ellendale and Ashley. So we have every address and phone number possible. So we ranch in the hills and we raise grass-fed beef. It's all home-raised, lives here its whole life. Um, we have also sheep and pigs, and we have a business called Prairie Soul Meats where we direct market our beef. So you guys have been, you ranch with your husband, Cody, and I know that you're three kids. Here's a disclaimer, Deanna and I have known each other, I would say most of our lives um, through 4-H, and then our kids were in school together. So um, I've watched you on this journey here. And when, it, when you quit your job, I thought you were a brave soul. <laughs> so how did you decide to take that leap of faith to quit your job and <clears throat> really embrace this entrepreneurship venture? We had taken a holistic management class in 2011, so we kind of changed over from conventional ranching, really doing everything the hard way to learn about more holistic and different grazing. So when we did that, um, there was a grant available for fencing and water infrastructure. And anybody who knows my husband knows he's like all in on everything. So instead of putting up like one cross fence, we did like seven miles of pipeline and 27 water tanks and 65 permanent pastures. And so was a lot of work and a lot of um, a lot of things so he asked me he's like would you consider quitting your job and I'm like no <laughs> pretty scared um, yeah right yeah so I quit my job and then you know that changed into just grazing different and doing more things and then you know five or seven years later we all of a sudden have a grass-fed beef business so well that's exciting and and you had a quite a commute every day and, you know, I did that too and fought bad weather and roads and, um, you know, I don't miss that. But do you, do you miss that interaction with people every day and going to, the, going to work or any regrets with that? Not anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, good. That's I good. I was for 20 years and that's what I went to school for. I was an optometric assistant. So I drove an hour one way every day for roughly 20 years. I miss the patients, but then I get to run into them at farmer's markets and things like that. And it's funny when I call down to work, it's still my voice on the answering machine. So it's like I'm still there and never left. Nice. <laughs> Six years of not working. And when I quit, um, all three of the kids were still at home. Our oldest was probably a junior, a sophomore, junior. So it was fun to be able to be around for that chaos and not have to drive. You know, thinking about, you know, what's the best part about being an entrepreneur and maybe the worst part? Is there a worst part or is every day like, oh, I'm so glad we did this? Well, it is super fun. I mean, our, once we've gotten into the meat business, it's really such a blessing to be able to provide a good nutritional product to people who are looking for it. Um, there's people who have 
issues like fibromyalgia and some kind of some other internal issues and they literally cannot eat beef anymore and whether it's for whatever reason they can eat our beef we don't use any chemicals on on the land or the cattle and they're always on grass so there's just something about it that's more natural and it doesn't bother them so it's fun when you find those people who you're really helping and and that's a blessing um the entrepreneur part i mean it's sure fun when you go to work and then somebody gives you a paycheck all the time no matter what you do you show up and then you get a paycheck great there's that <laughs> so so this is different for sure you know and then when covid hit that was great and horrifying at the same time you know we had already had some some beef processed and in the freezer planning ahead for farmers market and then we happened we got approved to go to Fargo farmers market and at the same time we had butcher date set up luckily hoping we could get in there but then COVID hit and everything is just a chaos and you can't get in so we're fortunate we still have stuff set up for next year but then you know do you go bigger and find a different bigger plant do you stay where you are do you just hope it's fine. Yeah. All that stuff. It's a lot of, a lot of moving parts. So your business has expanded. I mean, when you, when you first started this, I mean, you, now you're, like you said, you mentioned the Red River Farmers Market and I saw you there this weekend and I was shocked at how busy, you know, people were just asking you, it was so many questions and I could hear people asking about, you know, your ranch and, and the beef and the process. And so what, what are some of the things people ask you? What do they want to know about your ranch or your, your process? They want to know how it's raised, um, if it's always ours or if it you know comes from, from somewhere else. So people usually want to know that. Um, you know, it's funny when you get in an urban setting like Fargo, there's so many people that just, if you're at the market, they just assume that what you say is what it is and they expect it to be a certain caliber you know, they expect that it's not going to be the same stuff they're getting from a random grocery store. There's some of it that's very happy to have us there, which is really pretty cool. Like they're seeking us out and that's pretty neat. Well, I think part of that is the reputation you've built and, uh, and you and Cody have been very approachable. And um, what's your, what would you say is your business philosophy? I don't know if we have, maybe that's a problem. Maybe we should get one of those. <laughs> I, I think just really being pretty transparent and really welcoming to whatever. The, the first week we were at the market, there was a young girl in her 20s and she, her and her mom, I think, were there and they bought something. We were super busy, so I didn't actually get to meet her that day and Cody did. And she emailed a day later and said, it was great. It was amazing. Can we come tour your place? And they came just a couple of weeks ago for like an all day tour. And it was, you know, they wanted to see what we do, what the place looks like, how they're raised, you know, all kinds of food questions. And that is like so fun. That's the best part. That's interesting. And, and generous of you to open up your home and your, your ranch to an outsider like that. We've done a lot of tours in the past on a different bigger scale for different reasons more for the soil health and grass and grazing but now it's kind of coming full circle into the food and that's really fun so what would you say are lessons learned over the over the few years you've been doing this i don't know that's a good question i don't know if there's really i don't know if there's any actual lessons just you know you you learn something new every day and then you just keep going i mean there's always little roadblocks or little changes or so you and cody seem to balance each other out what, whatever his strong suit is, you, you seem to, you know, take the other side of that. Um, and so what would be some, you know, maybe advice for other women um, entrepreneurs? Um, maybe they're 
business partners with a spouse or a friend, or maybe they're seeking out an, a business opportunity on, on their own. In, any nuggets of advice for other women entrepreneurs or wannabes? Well, I'm much more conservative in the weight and let's take it slow. And he's like, yep, we're doing it all now. So that's the good thing because I probably wouldn't have my own business for sure because it's not generally my personality. Um, so we just, we do balance each other out. We're pretty good partners in that where he's all in and doing everything. And then I'll figure out how it has to get done. <laughs> you know, the, the regulations and working with those departments and the licensing and the this and the that and the state line deal, that's, we only live a mile and a half from South Dakota. So it's different licenses to sell down there and different things for here and sales tax and no sales tax. And, you know, it's all that stuff that he has, he wants zero to do with. So then I just get to figure that out. Well, that's a good balance. That's a really good balance. How has your industry changed since you got, you and Cody started this your family? How, what have you seen as changes? I, I know that regulation has been a struggle for many, many people in local foods, but it seems quite popular, but yet, some of the regulation issues have been a struggle, I know. So well, what's changed? For our, the way that we ranched, it would be less regulation, maybe. I don't know how to word this so it comes out right, but when we were selling into the sale barn in the conventional market, you're selling an animal much younger. So when you change to a grass-fed, like we are, um, kind of a low-input grass-fed, they take a lot longer to grow. So we're butchering things about 28 to 30 months of age. So instead of selling them that first year, we hold them over another year. And if we don't have a market for those, they're worth way less in the conventional market because they've already grown and there, there isn't money to make on the back end. So I think for us, it's, it's planning ahead two or three years ahead of time and making sure that, that we have what we need because if we aren't able to direct market it or market it through a grass-fed place, then kind of screwed. And then you're going backwards. So I don't know. For us, it's less regulation maybe and more just keep going forward and keep planning. So I'm curious, talking to other um, entrepreneurs and, and people seeking out new opportunities, how has social media changed your business? I'm so bad at social media. It could probably do a lot of amazing things for my business. And I am, that's one thing I have to get a lot better at. Um, having a website, that was huge. That's the hugest thing. Hugest. I don't even think that's a word. <laughs> that was the best thing that I finally got done. And that took forever um, to put that together and have a face of your business. And it gives you credibility and it gives you know, people don't have time to come and talk to you everywhere or visit at the market or come to a market. But um, there's a website called eatwild.com. And I think they're out of Oregon. And they're, they have um, people through every state that, you know, if you're really doing what you say you're doing, they, they check on you. And, and if everything is on the up and up, you can be a part of Eat Wild. And it's funny the people that we find or that will find us from Eat Wild and some of those places but if you don't have a website for them to go to, they might not find you. Right. So I do less on social media and I need to do a lot more. Well, the world is certainly a smaller place as they say, right? Yeah. yeah. I finally got on Instagram and I had commented on somebody's random something and a girl who her and her husband, I think he's a professor in Vermilion. She found me through Instagram and, and ordered beef and has just reordered more. And, you know, she moved from a different state and, our product is what they always had. So it was, it was kind of neat, a connection. Yeah, you never know. Right? right. So 
if anybody's just joined us, so we are with um, Deanna Sand today with Prairie Soul Meats. She's talking about her journey from being a optometrist assistant to um, joining her husband in their started off as beef industry, weren't, weren't you raising cattle, right? Yep. And then um, going to purely grass fed, holistic grazing system. And um, when I, your interview that you did last Friday on First Fridays at B, you had mentioned um, being Audubon certified. Is that, is that correct? What I'm Audubon certified. So tell me about that certification and what that means to your business. Uh, for us, it's kind of a differentiating factor. Um, there's a lot of people who do what we do, you know, that might be similar. The Audubon certification, they, they have a third party audit that comes out and verifies what you do and if what you say you do is accurate and correct. We have a magical piece of paper that says we do that. Some of the things that you can't do, you can't hay till after July 15th because of nesting bird habitat, um, no chemicals, you know, kind of, it's everything we already did. Uh, but really, they're they're trying to focus on bird habitat for for nesting grassland birds. So a lot of the birds that are on our ranch and nest here actually overwinter in Mexico. And so, but a lot of the the habitat has been lost to conversion with you know farming and urban populations and that kind of thing. So they're trying to focus on getting people to understand that we need cattle on the land grazing to have the bird habitat to have the beef, to, you know, to have everything full circle. So it's a, it's a fairly new program. They've been out probably three years or so, I think. So they're just really trying to get their, their name out there and help build businesses like ours. I thought some of the conversation was interesting too, about how um, just dealing with change and um, how working with um, even neighbors talking about and accepting the way of, of how you how you are doing business now, um, and so you talked a little bit about this the other the other day last week. How how do you deal with some of the negativity or even misunderstanding in your industry? Have you faced some of that? Not really. No, I mean it's probably more about us, but not to us. Maybe, and maybe everybody else does similar things to what we do. But I think we're a little bit uh, different and unique in the way that we that we do things kind of non-conventional, but there's less of a need for outside information, I guess. Maybe people talk about us more than we go to talk to other people, I guess. (laughs) And we're mentors on the, for the North Dakota Grazing Lands Coalition. So we do get calls from people that are like, Hey, how do I start this? How do I do this? You know? So, so it's kind of fun. People know that we do something a little different and unique and it's a long process to change. It's not magic and it's not overnight. And well, that's a great thing that you're willing to give back and be a mentor to someone else who's willing to do this. I'm sure there are plenty of people and also in other industries it's sometimes it's fine. It's hard to find that mentorship or even someone to give you some advice. Um, So that's, that's awesome. So do you have a vision for, let's say five years down the road for Prairie Soul Meats or a dream? I don't know. I guess you'd have to ask Cody that. I'm just long through <laughs> Come on. I know better than that. <laughs> no, no, just, you know, keep going. We um, just continue to direct market. It's been really fun to get into Fargo, you know, more urban. It would be uh, fun at some point to perhaps shift our website over to more of a, an order and drop ship type thing. You know, that would be something in the future, but then sure. you have to have the inventory on hand and all that kind of stuff. So I think just, 
keep going and hopefully growing and yeah, just get out there more, I guess. I don't know that I see us doing a lot more retail type things. Um, we sell retail at one store in Aberdeen, South Dakota, but then to keep inventory and all that stuff, I don't know. I, I would like to keep it very beneficial for everyone and yet simple for us. I don't know if that works together or not. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good business model right there. <laughs> I think that's good. Yeah. It's interesting the journey you've been on. And um, I think um, just being available to other people, you've been so open and willing to share information and, and field questions and being helpful to others who are looking at this kind of business. Um, so I'll leave you with final words. Any, any other um, comments you'd like to leave for any women thinking about venturing out and taking a, a risk and being entrepreneurs? Well, it's fun. It's intriguing and something to learn. Um, and, and it's a trickle down too. I mean, there were several people who've mentored us to get us to where we are. So I, I think just go find people who can help you and answer questions. Obviously you've, I've texted you more than once and <laughs> the other people who are selling, you know, meat and beef throughout the state that have helped us a bunch. Yeah. That's good advice. All right, Deanna, thanks for your time today. Again, we just spent some time with Deanna Sand from Prairie Soul Meats. And uh, again, it's we're celebrating Women's Entrepreneurship Week and hope you enjoyed the, today's podcast. Thanks for listening to Thriving on the Prairie. To subscribe to the podcast and access a full transcript and resource links from this episode, visit www.ag.ndsu.edu slash thriving on the prairie. You can find more resources for families and communities at ndsu.edu slash extension. This has been a production of NDSU Extension, where we are extending knowledge and changing lives. <laughs>